0: Hey, my name is Josh Korak. I'm a mental health counselor in the Northern Colorado area. In this space, I get the chance to interview professionals in the field, talk about mental illness, self care, and so much more. With this show, I ask you to join me in doing what one of my favorite philosophers, a Buddhist monk, Thich Nhat Hanh, says smile, breathe, and go slowly. This is Care with Korak. Welcome back to Care with Korak. Hope everyone is well. Today I'm joined by a friend of mine, the wonderful Miss Carol. Uh, Is that weird for you to be called that, Carol? My grandma's name is Carol, so when I say Miss Carol, that sounds a little weird to me too. So, okay. Anyways, uh, Carol Morin is a 25 year old graduate from Indiana University. She graduated in 2019 with a degree from the Media and Business School, majoring in Media Advertising and Marketing, with a concentration in Business and Sales. She currently runs and operates Dazed Vintage LLC, a vintage clothing brand. She currently lives in New York, uh, in New York City, as an account executive at a large clothing brand. In the past, Carol has had experiences with anxiety and depression. Was diagnosed with ADHD when she was 12 years old. She hopes her experiences may be able to help at least one person through this episode. In this episode, Carol shares her own experiences with mental health, specifically around the struggles of depression, anxiety, and ADHD, and steps she has taken to grow in these areas. Carol also shares about her passions with fashion. See what I did there? In starting her own vintage clothing store, Thanks again to Carol for being willing and brave and sharing her own personal stories. I really appreciate it. And I know that my listeners will as well. To connect with Carol or to check out her vintage clothing brand, give her a follow and check out her website. Her uh, ats are at Caroline, Carolyn. Oh, gosh, Carol, I know I asked you what it was. I can't remember if it's Caroline or Carolyn. Please forgive me. Um, it's Carolyn.morin and at dazedvintagexcarol. Follow me at Josh Korak on TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, all that good jazz for video clips, podcast previews, and more mental health content. If for whatever reason you're in a mental health crisis, please call the new Suicide Hotline number 988 or go to your nearest emergency room. If you're from Colorado and aren't interested in scheduling a session, please reach out at SojournCounselingCO.com slash Josh. And as always, all of that can be found in the episode description. All right, quick little intro today. Let's not waste any more time and get into it. This is Care with Korak with Carol Moran. Well, hey, hey, Carol. Welcome to the show. (laughs) I'm doing (laughs) well. Thank you so much. Yeah, well, I'm I'm glad you could come on and... um, you know, for my audience, this is going to be one of our, um, it's going to be a little bit of a different episode, right? It's not going to be, uh, you know, like some of the mental health professionals I'm bringing in, this is just a personal story. So I'm really grateful that you're, you're willing to share. And, um, I'm excited to hear some of your life and, um, excited to hear some, some cool insights, I'm sure. So, um, why don't you you just kind of introduce yourself and, um, We'll get going from there.
1: Um, so, first of all, thank you for having me. I'm really happy to be here. Um, my name of is course, Caroline. I mean, it's
0: you know, it's such a popular show. It's you know, yeah. the, the lines around the block. I'm still happy to be here. <laughs> no, I, I um, appreciate that.
1: Yeah. So, my name is Caroline. I am from. I'm actually during this recording, I'm 24, but next mm-hmm. Sunday is my birthday, so I'll be 24
0: What? All right. Yeah. Happy <laughs> early birthday. Um, <laughs>
1: Thank you, um, and I'm from Indiana originally, but I live in New York City now. Uh, I went to Indiana University. I graduated with a degree in media advertising and business with a concentration or sorry, I graduated in uh, with a degree in media advertising and marketing with a concentration in business and sales from the media school and the Kelley School of Business. and. Um, I am the owner of a vintage brand called Dazed Vintage and I run it and Ruffin. he's wearing my sweatshirt right now. <laughs> and, uh,
0: shameless plug.
1: Shameless plug. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I run and operate that completely by myself. And mm-hmm. although right now my mom has been helping me cause I'm in the process of moving. So she's been like fulfilling my orders that I can't fulfill here. And, mm. um, i also work in new york city as an account executive at a brand so yeah a little bit about me (laughs) that's great
0: no yeah Yeah. i love the i love the sweater i wear it all the time thank you i appreciate it i yeah
1: i love seeing people in it so it makes me very happy
0: well yeah could you share a little bit more about the business like is so it's called dazed vintage right
1: it is called dazed vintage Um, okay so the handle is dazed vintage x carol on my Instagram. I also go by Carol. So that's just a little bit of a, a tidbit, if you will. And, um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, so what was I saying? I named it after one of my favorite movies, Dazed and Confused. And Mm. I don't know. I've always just like been drawn to that kind of stuff and the name, especially. And yeah. Yeah. So I started it. Gosh. It's been like, years in the running though so i started it officially i bought the domain and like started the llc in april of 2021 so we're coming up on a year
0: wow um, so it's like an actual business this isn't like just something oh, yeah. you know this instagram just, shop like
1: oh no 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 i got I get taxed on this man I'm oh like, <laughs> shoot all right <laughs> yeah. um, and uh I opened it officially in June of 2021, but I've been reselling and doing all that kind of fun stuff since I was 18, 17, actually. So, yeah. So a while now. Um, A really long time since I was in high school. And I've always had, I've always just had like a really strong desire to like run a business and be my own boss and work at a different company. It's really nice that I have this business that I can just... Make it your I own, so.
0: yeah, yeah, definitely. So, you know, I'm, I've always yeah. been curious, and and I don't know if this is like trade secrets, like, but how does this like how's the process actually work of like you like do you buy clothes from other places and then you kind of resell them because it's all vintage, it's all used yeah. clothes, right? I mean, so how how yeah. do you actually go about like gathering that and then I know how you put it out, but
1: right, Um, so there's like you know there's a hunt essentially, of, mm. like thrifting and whatnot. The hunt. Uh, I can't give away all the secrets. But, <laughs> no, um, I
0: wouldn't expect unfortunately,
1: you to. <laughs> but um, I have also just, I've been like a big collector of clothes since I was, God, I was so little when I started,
2: mm-hmm.
1: honestly. I've just always been obsessed with graphic T-shirts and just clothes in general. I, I don't know. I'm obsessed with art. I'm a big, like, painter it's something I love. I, I'm, i such an admirer of it too. And um, I've always just been drawn to clothes and in a way, clothes are art. And so, percent. Oh, yeah, so um, it's, yeah, it's definitely a hunt and I've been collecting mm-hmm. for a really long time. So it's just been like, I set kind of sell off my collection in a lot of ways, which can be sad yeah. sometimes. Cause it's like, I've had this piece for years and years, but I would rather it go to a better home that like could appreciate Mm. it than me. Who's just has it folded and being like, I'll wear it eventually, or I'm keeping it because it holds so much sentimental value to me that it could go and hold sentimental value with someone else who will wear it. So,
0: yeah, no, that's great. Yeah. Yeah. Love the heart behind it. Yeah. (laughs) Well, cool. Well, um, Oh, did you? yeah, go ahead. Oh, I was just
1: going to say, like the sustainability aspect of yeah. like a secondhand brand is also something I'm very passionate about. So,
0: yeah, that's actually what I was just going to bring up that I thought was really cool is, you know, there's so many, so many clothing industries out there. Right. And and mm-hmm. you, you hear it a lot. Well, I hear it a lot. You know, I, I do a lot of research into like sustainability and environmental stewardship and stuff like that. Um, and you hear a lot of the time how clothes are just like the biggest, some of the biggest materials that we find in waste. Right. Um, yeah, I think and it's dumps and second things like that.
1: Cause of like, or it's like the second most polluting mm. cause of our pollution. So, yeah.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, how cool is it that you're, you know, out there trying to reduce that in, in yeah, you know, for sure, whatever way you can. So I
1: appreciate yeah.
0: that. No. Yeah. Awesome. Well, cool. Um, well, you know, could you just tell us a little bit about, um, about your life? I mean, so we're here to talk about mental health, right? How has mental health yeah. impacted you?
1: Oh goodness. In a lot of ways, um, a lot of ways. Right? So, um, let's see here. So I think like one of the biggest things was I was diagnosed with ADHD when I was 12 years old. And I think that for so long, I totally just didn't even. I really discredited what I went through with that because, to me, it was like every kid has ADHD. Everyone gets diagnosed with it. Every every right. one and their mother is on Adderall. Like, but I didn't really realize how much it affected me until honestly, probably like, like last two years of my life. Um, mm. Which is you know for someone that's about to be twenty five and you not realizing that this thing you got diagnosed with when you were a kid hasn't, no. how it's affected you when you were.
0: No, you that know. makes, I mean, I, I can say, you know, as a counselor, it, it makes sense to me, right? I mean, yeah. it takes, it's just a long journey of self-awareness, right? Learning how these mm-hmm. things affect us, um, how it impacts our day-to-day life, how it impacts our journey over time. Um, so I'm not, uh, don't beat yourself up. I mean, I'm not surprised to hear that it, it's taking yeah. the time.
1: Yeah. And, uh, so that happened when I was 12 and I used to be like a super rambunctious kid and I was super happy and like, not to say I'm not happy now. I mean, I think it's just when you get to be an adult, you aren't just mm. so mindlessly happy all the time. Right. And, uh, when you're a kid, you are. And mm. so, uh, so that happened when I was 12 and then kind of started to get control of it. And I started on some medications and whatnot. And I did Vyvanse for a long time. And that was honestly horrible for me. Um, mm. and Concerta, I've, I've kind of gone through the ringer with right ADHD with ADHD medications. medications yeah.
0: yeah,
1: And I'm curious, and I can
0: got, I, I just ahead. wanted to ask, um, you know, a medication I've been hearing about more recently, so I don't know if this is maybe, uh, if, if you were before this kind of started becoming a thing, but I've heard of modafinil um, being used for ADHD more. It was that ever mm-hmm. something you tried?
1: I did not try that one. Okay. Um, I've been on Adderall probably now since I was 16 or 17. And okay. That one has really helped me, um, which is funny because when I started on medication, my mom was like, you are not taking Adderall. uh, uh, uh. Mm. like, And I think because it has this connotation of, it has a really negative connotation, right? Out of all of them, I feel like. And so, um, then I actually got on it and realized, oh, this is probably like the best one she could have done. So Right. And um, so
0: it was actually helping you.
1: Yeah. And I st- yeah. I still take it to this day. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. No, that's
0: great. I mean, so how how has it helped? Like what were some of the changes that you were seeing once you started on the medication?
1: I am I am, I cannot focus, like, Mm -hmm. with, I try so hard to focus without it, I've gone through trials of, like, getting off of it and just trying to be, like, um, you know, like, I just can't, I'm I'm a bad focuser, I'm very airy, I feel like is the word, like, Mm. yeah, just a distracted person all around. And I can't get anything done without it, Mm -hmm. Uh, kind of. So I don't know if you saw my dresser fiasco on uh, Instagram, but.
0: Oh, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think (laughs) Um, I even voted.
1: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And I, like, I had to build, for anyone that doesn't know, obviously, because we're just kind of all meeting right now. Right, um, right. I have. I just moved to a new apartment. I'm getting furniture. I had to build a dresser, and I was like, "Oh, this will take me three hours, whatever." Right. And, um. Yeah. No, it took me so much longer, and like, <laughs>
0: oh man, because
1: I started, I started the project when I took like Adderall, right? And then it started mm-hmm. to wear off, and I was like, "It would be so fun to go curl my hair right now." <laughs> so <laughs> it's like things like that. Um,
0: yeah.
1: And. I don't know. I just, it's really affected me, though, because I look at my friends who, in comparison, is the thief of joy. Don't get me wrong. I know that, but I'm not going to stop doing that, <laughs> so, mm. and I should, but I'm going to be realistic and say that it's probably not going to stop happening for a long time, but I look at my mm. friends who, you know, they they see something, they do not have ADHD, maybe that they do and it's undiagnosed, but they can look at something, right. focus on it, and get it done just naturally. Mm-hmm. and I just can't be like that. I can't be this neat, tidy person. I can't be this person that has, like, a to-do list where I look at a task and I'm like, okay, let's just get it done. I ha- If I want to do that, and it's so sad to say, like, I have to take my medicine in order to do that.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: it is something that has really scared me, though, for my future because, like, it's so weird for me to say this. Cause I think a lot of my friends would be like, I never knew this about you, but like one thing I really look forward to in the future is becoming a mom and like having yeah. kids and stuff. And, um, you can't take Adderall when you're pregnant, obviously. And.
0: Oh, you can't. I don't know if I realized oh, no. that.
1: No, yeah.
0: no. Not. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. I mean, it, yeah. it makes sense. I just never really thought yeah. about it. Yeah. Mm.
1: And so something that's like really scared me is like during this, Hopefully, like, this nine months of me going through this, would I be able to do literally anything?
0: Mm-hmm. I just don't
1: know. And your hormones are so out of whack during that time. and
0: Right, as if I there's not enough going on, right?
1: Yeah. It's just so... It is something that, like, scares me for the future. And I don't necessarily mm-hmm. want to be the mother on Adderall. And I don't know. It's, it's still, like, a learning curve in my life that I truly try to change every day. Mm-hmm. But... I'm so happy to have it. I'm so happy to have something that helps me truly feel like I'm accomplishing things. And yeah.
0: Mm, Yeah. So, I mean, you know, some comfort now with it, some fears in the future. How did this kind of affect um, growing up? Like when you first were starting on these medications, like how is this affecting your mental health during your childhood and your adolescence?
1: Well, I don't think that anyone has really ever described to me the chemistry of how these things work.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And so uh, I think one of the things was I felt so stupid. I felt like I mm. got diagnosed as, like, an idiot at the time because my brother is freakishly so smart. <laughs> and uh, Your
0: brother's a lawyer, right?
1: My brother's a lawyer. Like, he is, Yeah. like, he likes to... I don't even know what he likes to do on the weekends. He likes to do the smart things. And I like to watch TV. <laughs> like He's um, playing
0: chess, sipping on some tea. Yeah,
1: like, he's reading books. To sinatra. Like, right,
0: yeah. Okay, I do want to hear about yeah. that. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, anyways. Um,
1: so, brother, smart. Yeah. Um, and I just, I honestly, like, felt like such an idiot compared to him in a way that I was, like what's the point of me even trying and it's Mm. it's so toxic to like say that because you should try it you know there's always going to be people that are better than you in some way somehow right Um, but just because they might be better at you better than you at one thing that doesn't mean that you aren't better than them at another and i I hate to say like that in a competitive sort of sense, but it's just kind of the truth. Like I know mm-hmm. what I'm good at in comparison to him, you mm-hmm. know, but when you're younger, it's like mm-hmm. you're kind of taught school is what you need to be good at. And right. I was just never the kind of person that it was so hard for me to try at things I just didn't care about. And, mm-hmm. but I did cause I got through school, you know, <laughs> but, um, yeah, I, that's kind of how it started to affect me. And then I started on these medicines and I noticed this really happy, rambunctious kid who had a lot of passions kind of started to fade away. Mm. And it was really hard um, during that time. And then I got to high school and I was getting like severely bullied and,
0: really, you know,
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah.
0: <laughs> because of your ADHD or or something more? No,
1: no, no. Uh, it was more so, like, jealous girls and mm. yeah, not... Petty high
0: school <laughs> bullshit.
1: It's petty high school. And, like, the whole thing about it is I look back on it, and, yes, I was getting bullied, but, like, we all sucked. We all just sucked as people when right. you in high school.
0: Like, yeah.
1: And, granted, I think it's just about a part of being a teenager and Mm -hmm. um, you just, you're not mature and Mm -mm. you're just kind of mean, but also you're going through a lot of changes because that's like puberty and things like that. And so, yeah, I, I don't know. I going through this diagnosis and like going into high school and then having all this stuff happen, it was just hard and it started to manifest into something like anxiety and depression mm-hmm. and so that is something that I've dealt with for years now as well and um like my anxiety I'm a I'm a picker I pick at my skin um,
2: okay. and yeah.
1: so I noticed that that's something that it's like in a way makes me I'm even doing it right now uh, it makes yeah, me feel I like I have that. yeah I have like control mm. and feels like there's some sort of order in my life because I'm the one doing it, you know? Right. And yeah. And then my depression just like really started hitting when I was about 15. And that was something I even made. I like in a lot of ways, demonized my depression because I was like why the hell do you feel like this like Mm. you like yes girls are being mean to you but like you have such a happy life like you had an amazing childhood
2: Mm -hmm. you have two
1: parents that are together like you come from like a nice area like it's things like that that I was like you have no reason to be sad
2: and Yeah. yeah
1: but the truth of the matter is depression isn't about like what's going on in your life. Mm-hmm. Like it's literal, just brain chemistry and you can't help how you feel. Mm. So, yeah. Um, that was really hard to start kind of realizing and going through
0: as well. Yeah. yeah. And, and it's super common. Like that is a very common mm-hmm. reaction and, and even, uh, I don't know if it's a symptom per se, but it's a common uh reaction to depression, right? I mean, I just the other day I had a client who was saying the exact same thing, right? Why am I depressed, right? Why am I feeling this way? My life is great. My life should be great. I don't understand why I'm feeling this way. Right? And and brain chemistry can play a really big uh big factor into all of that. Um and it can mm-hmm. be a lot of other factors that are going on in your life that yeah. are really just messing how you're viewing yourself, how you're viewing the world, how you're viewing other people in the world Um, all those things can play a role.
1: Yeah. And another thing that I think I started talking about it and got a little distracted. Um, But so when I was younger and like I got put on these medications, no one told me like the chemistry of how these things work. So with Hmm. Adderall, like you get a release of dopamine to the brain and that's how a lot of that works. And um, so a lot of these things were happening and I didn't, Realize and that kind of stuff affects your mood so much. Like, yeah. I know that too much dopamine to the brain can cause. I, I'm not a licensed professional. No, that's like, okay. Please yeah. stop me if I'm wrong. <laughs> no, but I'm pretty it. sure it can cause like psychosis or something mm-hmm. along those lines. Like, uh, and so when you're being prescribed these things and then you're taking it all the time, and then the groups start having these like adverse reactions because of it um and you don't necessarily know why you hear medicine and you're like it's supposed to help you not Mm. and sometimes medicines just don't help
0: um right so right well that that is also something I hear a lot you know i hear a lot from clients and, and friends and um even my own experiences with with medication um a lot of psychiatric medications can have really negative side effects right Um, especially, you know, I hear it a lot with stimulants, things like Adderall or Vyvanse or things like that. Um, so I'm glad you found one that's working for you.
1: Definitely. It's, it's helped, but, um, Mm. yeah. So when I started on this, like going through my depression, Mm -hmm. um, I got on some antidepressants for that. And that experience was also just like a whirlwind and was awful and
0: A lot of negative side yeah. effects, I'm assuming.
1: Yeah. I yeah. got on... Gosh. I, I don't even know if I want to say which ones they were, because I know yeah, that... Yeah, that's okay. Yeah, so many people, like, it might help them, and I think that...
0: Right. Yeah.
1: Yeah. But there there just needs to
0: be a a better understanding that each medication is going to affect you differently. So like for one person, you know, something like Lamictal or Zoloft is going to work really well. And then for others, that's not, that's not going to work well. You're going to have a really bad reaction to it. We're all going to be different. So, um, that's, that is okay. Right. I mean, it's, it sucks Mm. when you're trying it out, but, um, there does just need to be more of an understanding that, um, psychiatric, psychiatric medications, we're all going to have different reactions to it right yeah
1: and so yeah so but i i think my whole thing with that is like while yes there it's so different for everyone i don't want someone Mm -hmm. to think that maybe something doesn't work for them because it
0: didn't work
1: for me and i I yeah you know don't want to put that out there that's fair yeah definitely yeah but i was on one long story short and like within like a a week or two I was like having horrible horrible thoughts like mm-hmm. suicidal thoughts I was 16 yeah it's like this is not for me and um I think like I kind of got gaslit about that though once because I was talking about it and uh, oh. they were like well he wouldn't have such a horrible reaction that way like within a week it was like
0: uh yes, yes you would <laughs> yeah, you <could. laughs> that is very like, possible <laughs> what do <you> yeah yeah <laughs> And these were um, the people prescribing your medication?
1: Um, that person was not.
0: Oh, okay. Uh,
1: but I was just kind of like...
0: Okay, so there's just somebody with... Like, yeah, okay. Somebody who yeah. just doesn't have an understanding of how these medications right. can affect us. Yeah. Which it, it definitely can, unfortunately. It can definitely have those severe side effects.
1: Yeah. So... Mm-hmm. Um, but... I got off of it for a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then i unfortunately had to go back on it or like a new one um in like 2020 Mm. and but i actually stopped taking that one in october and i've been off of them for a little bit but i've kind of like started to feel like i need them again which Mm. sucks but also like i know that they're only supposed to be beneficial and um but life is you know life is hard and Sometimes Life is can't help how you feel and yeah. you're definitely feeling a certain way at the moment and mm-hmm. yeah.
0: Yeah. So. Have you ever, um, done medication in, um, yeah, along with therapy? Like, have you ever gone to counseling before?
1: Oh yeah. I've gone to therapy yeah. since okay. I was 16. Okay. I've gone every week since then yeah. and, uh, I have been with the same therapist ever since. Great yeah yeah so we have like a really good relationship with each other he knows me better than literally anyone else so um uh he you know and i have a psychiatrist and all that so um i think therapy is obviously amazing i think everyone Mm -hmm. can benefit from it and even if you literally are like there's nothing wrong with my life like Mm -hmm. i'm sure talking about your life in general just might help you in a way that you don't even know it could.
0: Yeah. Well, and you know, that's, this was actually something that I just talked to another um, person about for my podcast. It's one of my uh, old professors um, for psychology. And we were talking about the field of uh, positive psychology and it's kind of the study of, Um, You know, for so long, psychology is focused on, okay, what's wrong with you? What's going on? How can we relieve what's going wrong with you? Which is great, right? It's still a big focus in uh, psychotherapy and psychology today, right? But then positive psychology is like, okay, that's, yeah, that's, that's fine. Um, but what's going good in your life, right? What's going right? Um, and how can we build up on that, right? How can we build on the strengths that are already good, whether that's, you know, the relationships you have, the hobbies, the X, Y, and Z, and how can we make that more present in your life? Um, so that's that's definitely a growing field. It still has a lot of room to grow. Um, but kind of on that subject, how was fashion and art and some of these other really strong, it seems like really strong areas for um, who Carol was, how's that playing a role in your mental health journey?
1: Um, so, gosh, so for background on that, my mom is an artist. And so I grew up like painting and drawing and doing all and just like being creative. I think that it, it was just such an outlet for me and um it's funny because fashion didn't necessarily like I feel like there's a difference between fashion and style and Mm. I would say that like I've always been an appreciator of fashion but like I don't think I really had great style up until I was in my like higher teens uh yeah Um, none of us did (laughs) but that was the thing is like I I was obsessed with like graphic T-shirts. Mm, like I, mm-hmm. I like. There was a place called Delias when I was younger, and um, I would always go because they had like these deals: you get like four T-shirts to get one free or something. And my dad would take me, and he's just like, "Okay, God, just go pick out whatever." <laughs> like, it's fun. yeah, and uh, and I was like super obsessed with that kind of stuff and kind of matching. Like, I remember for Valentine's Day, I specifically remember this T-shirt. Um, for Valentine's Day it was the abominable snowman from Rudolph and the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Yeah. And it said it said melt hearts not ice caps and <laughs> yeah. So oh, I uh, love that. I remember wearing that on Valentine's Day and I was like so excited about it and I would always do that kind of stuff mm. for holidays and um but I I really took like art and fashion as like an outlet of I feel like not to be too crass I feel like shit but <laughs> so like yeah. how can I make myself feel better what am I good at and I'm good at painting and I'm good at putting an outfit together and like making myself feel cute and mm-hmm. um so I definitely like manifested into honestly if my outfit's like cute my you might have to be like are you okay <laughs> because I may have spent like a lot of time on it because I was like I don't feel good right now. Like Mm. we got to focus on something else. So, um, yeah. So I, I don't know. It was just, it's always been just such a happy part of my life. I look at that and even if I'm like not the most stylish person in the room or I'm not the best painter in the room, I can look at it and just appreciate what I do. And then what other people do,
0: Mm. there's room for both. Exactly. Yeah,
1: and I think people forget that.
0: Mm-hmm. Like,
1: you can be happy for other people and also happy for yourself. Like, I have, I have like a friend that she's one of my dearest friends, but I feel like it it can be hard for her to be happy for other people when like they're going through mm-hmm. like a happy time in their life, and mm-hmm. um, I I think it can be hard for me to see like maybe someone that I'm close with do something that maybe I wanted to do, but I can at least step back and be like, I'm really happy for you because I know how hard you worked toward mm-hmm. like, to do that. So yeah.
0: Yeah. Which just speaks a lot to the, the work that you've put in on yourself to increase your own self-awareness to grow personally. I mean that, that speaks to a lot of really hard um, self-work.
2: <laughs> I appreciate it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's great. I mean, that's great. I didn't, you know, I, I mean, before, before getting to know you, I, I never realized that I knew fashion was obviously a big thing. I didn't realize that art and like painting, um, was something that you really enjoyed. I mean, so yeah. is that something you do pretty regularly?
1: Um, so obviously recently I haven't, cause I have like none well, of sure. stuff, here. Yeah. but yes, I, I do like to buy canvas and just kind of, even if it's like a shit painting, I just like, I just want to do something and so I like to work on that kind of stuff and it's a nice gift to like give Mm -hmm. to people you can paint them something really special and something very personal to them that like you made yourself I don't know I think making stuff for other people is like the nicest most thoughtful thing you. oh yeah
0: 100% yeah so I mean it seems like art and fashion and and, um, all these things have really played a lot of roles whether it be A way for you to connect with others, a way for you to connect with yourself, a way to distract um, from some of those Mm -hmm. hard feelings, right? Which isn't a bad thing. Distraction skills are actually great sometimes when we use them appropriately. Um, Yeah. So it seems like it's had just a lot of different roles in your life. So that's, that's really cool. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Um,
1: Gosh, I like Don't know what to, like, talk
0: about next. Yeah, no, that's okay. Yeah, so, I mean, so, growing up, struggling with ADHD, depression, anxiety, following after that, um, how did that kind of carry into some of your young adult years?
1: So, I would say I was, like, a very insecure kid. Mm -hmm. Um, I think, or not kid, teenager. Um, I was very much, like... Like I said, I was, like, getting bullied in school, and um, then I was, like, going through ADHD and depression, anxiety, all this stuff, and it was just, like, a lot to bear. And I kind of was just, like, why doesn't anyone like me, you know? Like, mm. and um, it was, it, like, really affected me throughout my life, because I, I have, like, horrible, horrible trust issues because mm. of that. And... Um, I felt like I would confide in people about things I was going through or, you know, whatever. And then people would just, like, use it against me or tell everyone what I was going through. And, like, this super personal thing that I was going through, it became, like, a rumor around the school at the time. And it's right. just, like, how, how does that happen, you know? And
2: mm.
1: how can you, like, weaponize something that someone is going through against them and so um I didn't like get bullied per se for having ADHD or like being stupid but like I think at the time when you're a teenage girl like the worst thing in the world you could be called is like a slut and a whore
2: Mm. (laughs) and um yeah
1: that was something that that happened to me in high school a lot like there would be specifically i remember this one girl who like just had it out for me and i don't really mm-hmm. know why to this day and um she would spread all these rumors about me like getting with guys and
2: mm-hmm. you know
1: I, at the time i was like 15 16 like right. i did not even like kissed a boy yet and like
0: mm-hmm. i was just
1: i was just trying to vibe through high school you know and just so,
0: trying to survive um, yeah. I was just,
1: literally yeah yeah and so um and i felt i felt like every day when i came back or every monday when i came back from the weekend there would be like a new rumor about who i hooked up with that weekend or something and i you know and i didn't but it's like all these people are believing one person and don't even hear you out and then you start like i kind of was at this point just kind of desperate for friends i didn't have a friend group mm. in high school and i had like this day I have two amazing, amazing best friends from high school that I, I mean, one of them is a childhood friend, but my best friend, Tim, and my best friend, Ayana, um, Mm. that I knew that I could rely on in high school and, like, to this day still. Um,
0: Yeah, great.
1: But when you don't have a set group, I think that you start to take anyone that's willing to hang out with you as a friend, and so, like, I started... I became friends with like one girl and I look back on that relationship and it was probably one of the more toxic relationships in my life. And she would,
2: mm-hmm. you know,
1: she was definitely one of those people that would use what I confided in her about against me. Yeah, And uh, so in high school, I was just kind of like, does it ever get better? Like, do mm-hmm. I get to ever f- have a, have friends or, right you know, people who actually care about me and um and then i got to college and i made some of like obviously to this day are some of my best friends in the entire world and i feel so lucky and i wish that i could tell my 16 year old self who was struggling Mm. during that time um you know you're gonna have amazing relationships with people it's just gonna be a little bit and you know just keep going because at that point too like i was super suicidal because i didn't ever think i was gonna have relationships with people i didn't trust anyone like Mm -hmm. i it was hard and you know like you're a kid and all you want is acceptance and as you get Mm -hmm. older you're fine without it but at that time I just wanted acceptance from people and I just wasn't getting it. And it made me feel horrible.
0: Yeah. So how does that kind of affect you now, now that you're an adult, like how does that affect your relationships now? So
1: I'm definitely like, I'm friends with anyone that wants to be friends. You know, mm-hmm. I, I never want anyone to feel as horrible as I did during those years. Yeah. And, um, you know, I continue to, I just like try to nurture my relationships as best as I can and make sure that my friends feel like they're being heard. And, um, I think even it's like kind of affected my romantic relationships in a lot of ways. Mm And I mean, my romantic relationships have also just been affected by having horrible romantic relationships, but, um, Mm
2: -hmm.
1: uh, it, I just like, I'll be friends with anyone, but I'm also someone who can't just trust someone right off the bat. Mm-hmm. And that can be really hard. Cause I feel like when I give myself to someone, whether it's a friendship or like romantic relationship, and then like, I feel a little bit betrayed. Yeah. I feel stupid. Cause I'm mm. like, you did so well at not keep, you know, you did so well at like keeping your guard up and, and,
2: Right.
1: Um, it, it can just like, it can affect you, but I'm also kind of like easy to forgive. I'm mm. just not that easy to forget what happened.
0: Yeah. So, yeah. You know, it's interesting that you, you brought up that, again, the idea of feeling stupid, right. Um, kind of those mm-hmm. earlier messages that you would tell yourself that maybe you felt like others were telling you or, um, yeah. or were actually telling you and, Um, how, how, or maybe not how, but what have you learned, um, to kind of cope with those thoughts, um, cope with some of those beliefs, what has worked for you to kind of manage some of the depression, the anxiety.
1: That no matter what your feelings are valid and as long as you are working on, Overcoming those things that you are allowed to feel the way that you feel, I think that for so like long, especially me, I did not allow myself to feel my feelings because I was like, "You shouldn't feel this way." And I even had a boyfriend in college who mm-hmm. told me, "I," he just he was just kind of the worst, to be honest. But um, yeah, he. Yeah, he, uh, he, he was more into me taking care of him and not so much Mm -hmm. him taking care of me. So I felt like I was constantly there for him and listening to him and being there for him. And he, you know, I would tell him about things I was going through and he would tell me, I don't know why you're sad. I don't know why you feel like this. Like you have nothing to be sad about. And like one of his things was his parents were divorced mine are not non-divorced?
0: Mm. Right. And
1: he'd be like, I don't understand why you feel like, like you have no idea what it's like to be sad. Like you've never had mm. to live, live through a divorce. And I don't know what that's like. And I will never right. sit here and tell someone who has divorced parents, like, it's okay. Like,
2: mm-hmm. I'm
1: sure whether you're two years old or 20 years old, that is traumatic. Yeah,
0: but, it is, um, yeah. you know, But that doesn't invalidate your own experiences. Right. Like, Mm. I
1: I just think also, like, it's so shitty of someone to say that to you, because like, let's say that, you know, let's talk about like a hypothetical person, um, and like their child gets cancer or something. Are they not allowed to, like, be upset about that because their parents are not divorced, so, like, that's fine? It, you know, it's just, like, that mm. was always his argument. It'd be something completely random that I was going through, and he'd be, like, he'd pull it back to, like, his parents' divorce and why he's okay to feel the way that he does, and that, like, I shouldn't feel this way. You know? It just was, like, you suck. <laughs> yeah. And it's so ignorant. Like, um, mm. but...
0: Well, yeah i mean that really speaks to um you know just some um unhealthy relationship patterns on his end you know i I see this a lot when i'm working with um victims and survivors of dv domestic violence right and so we Mm -hmm. see a lot that the kind of underlying drive um with domestic violence is power and control right to try and either gain it or maintain it in relationships and one way they do that is through uh, minimizing, blaming, denying, right? Which is sounding kind of uh, similar to your own story. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, but a lot of times when I'm going through what I'm going through and I'm like, why do you feel this way? Why do you, you know, I I hear his voice in my head still. We've been broken mm-hmm. up for, gosh, like, four years almost and i still hear his voice being like you have no reason to feel this way and Mm -hmm. i think i to me i like have to be like you are allowed to feel this way Mm
2: -hmm. it doesn't
1: matter what nice thing it's nice to look at the nice things that are happening in your life and be like this is really nice but you feel a certain way you can't help how you feel like right let's get through it
0: right right Yeah, Yeah. almost. It it almost sounds a little bit like positive self affirmations, right? Um, I Mm. am capable, right? I am deserving of love. I am intelligent. I'm not stupid, right? Yeah. Um, Do you ever do things like that?
1: I I tried a lot. Yeah. um, But I, it's really hard for me to like sit there and tell myself like you're Mm. deserving of, and I know that I am. Mm -hmm. Think, but internally, like. I don't know. I think another thing that I really struggle with is like, I have this idea that I'm hard to love Mm. and I shouldn't feel that way. Like I know that I shouldn't because I have so many great relationships of people who clearly love me and like, right. But I think like, I don't know. I, I've, sometimes I just have this idea that like, I'm just a lot to love, and that maybe my mm-hmm. my um, relationships with people who like love me more so just feel bad for me, and that's yeah. why they love me. And I I know that that's probably like something from when I was a kid. Like I have I have amazing parents. Don't get me wrong. Like mm-hmm. I love them so much but there was obviously things from my childhood that I feel like maybe could have been done like ever so slightly better just because of course, every parent, every parent can improve in some ways, like they, every parent fucks up. Like, you know, and, um, I think like my, my, my dad is so loving and he really is amazing, but he's, he, his approach is very harsh. And mm-hmm. I think that sometimes I would, like, go through these things and um, it was like my, in a, like, my parents didn't want to, like, deal with it. And, like, then I'm like, is that, like, a reflection of how hard it is to love me? I don't know. Yeah. Like, and so I think that's just translated to my friendships and, like, romantic mm-hmm. relationships. I I know in, like, my last relationship with, I'd be like, do you still love me? And he's like, Yes like if yeah. I was being sure because like you breathe you were breathing weird today and i didn't know if it was cuz of meat like
0: right so, well it, it really yeah. just shows how influential <laughs> those early childhood experiences we have are right especially with parents yeah. you know it, it 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 definitely can be this again this and both right um yeah. both and rather than either or of you know i love my parents my parents are great and uh, they fucked up sometimes, right? That's just for reality, right? We can't, you know, we can't expect perfection and there's, there's room to be upset about that. And there's room to recognize the stress and the possible trauma and, um, all of those experiences that we've had do influence us, right? They do impact our future self and relationships. And it requires that self-work that you have been doing, um, to, manage and process and further reflect on. So, Mm -hmm. um, you know, I appreciate your vulnerability. I appreciate, uh, the fact that you're not trying to pretend that you have it all together, right. That we're all works in progress and that we're all going to continue to be on this mental health journey. Like this is a lifelong journey of, um, managing depression and managing anxiety and managing the stress that comes with life. And, um, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah it's hard because you want to sit there and know that it gets better but then you look at people who are older than you who are still struggling in a lot of ways like um i have like a very close family friend who she's like in her 60s now and she's still struggling with depression and like can't seem to like really ever feel better and i'm like I love her so much and I admire her in so many ways, but I think I just look at that and I'm like, I don't want to feel like that when I'm in my 60s. Mm. I want to like, you know, I thought like what was so nice about life is that you eventually feel better. You eventually yeah. know how to handle things and sometimes it just doesn't happen. And so it's, mm. it's worrisome. For some people,
0: right? And yeah. uh, as my therapist says, it can get better. It can be better. It can. Yeah.
1: I, I think I was talking about this with my therapist the other day, but like, <laughs> uh, um, maybe like, maybe life isn't necessarily about things getting better. Maybe it's just like a process of maybe life is just the grieving process personified.
0: And mm. when I mean
1: that, when I say that, I mean, like, I feel like you're constantly grieving things, um, like. Personally, like right now, I'm, I broke up with someone in the fall and I'm still like grieving that in a lot of ways. And, um, I'm still, or like, even with my, um, my grandmother died when I was 11 and that's something Mm -hmm. I still grieve to this day. Um, Mm. I think that you're constantly grieving. And so you go through these, uh, horrible emotions just because life is a grieving process. If that makes Mm. sense. I tried to explain that as much as I I, can, but yeah. Yeah.
0: No, I think I'm tracking with you. I I guess my question would be, can there be joy through the grief? Can there, can we find happiness in the grief? And I think
1: that that's, I think that's acceptance because that's part Mm. of like the process, right? Is Mm -hmm. accepting what has happened and kind of going forward. But I've, like with my grandmother, I accept that she passed away and that she's, you know, not coming back and I still love her. But some days, I'm like, "You know, it's okay, and i can I can be happy because I like had this time with my grandmother, and
2: mm-hmm.
1: I am living a life that I hope she's proud of and hope she can like look at me and be proud of. But I think also, like I still cry about it. just mm-hmm. like it's been of fourteen course. years, and I still get emotional over it. So like, um,
0: and you're not the only I one think that
1: right. <laughs>
0: you're not. I have very, very similar experiences with my grandfather, right? Yeah. Um. So it's it's part of the human experience, right?
1: Yeah. And I mm. think having joy in your life, in my, like, version of it, is just the acceptance of grief,
2: you know?
1: Because yeah. mm. horrible, horrible things happen to you, but, like, you can still, like, smile and be happy. And I know that I've had a lot of horrible things happen to me that I'm still, like, smiling mm. through it and going, going my own way. So...
0: And, and it's things that you, you can heal from, right? It doesn't mean that we have to forget, um, but there there is healing, healing can come. I don't forget. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Well, well, cool. Um, thank you for your vulnerability. I, I always like to leave it open. Is there any kind of last words of wisdoms that you would like to, uh, impart on my audience? Oh,
1: gosh. Okay. So, um, I think the first thing is that you are valid in the way that you feel and I hope that you can find ways to overcome it and you're doing the work in order to do that. I, um, I hope that if you're going through something that you're not alone. Mm-hmm. And you need to know that, that there's always going to be someone that can help you, whether it's professionally or personally, Mm. uh, you are a beautiful person who is deserving of so much love and kindness and respect and whether you can sit there and tell yourself that you deserve it. I hope someone's there to tell you that you are. And if they aren't, I'm here to tell you that you are.
0: Yeah. Well said. Well, I know we could mm-hmm. probably just talk for hours and hours. I know there's so many yeah. more good things about you. I know yeah. it's a lot in some of the heavy parts of your life and, um, and I know yeah. there's good things and, um, but man, I'm just super appreciative of your, your openness and your vulnerability and sharing of course. today. Thank and, you for having me. i um, excited to, to hear how this impacts people. So well,
1: I'm excited to hear that too. Even if it impacts <laughs> one person, mm, I did my job it. today. It's so, worth it. Yeah, yeah
0: exactly. Well, cool. Well, thank you very much, Carol.
1: Thank you so much.